This is a Socialist News and Views special interview. I'm Nick Schillingford coming to you from the Urban Cabin Studios in South Minneapolis with this special interview. In this special, we speak with a slate of nurses running a rank and file campaign for the Board of Directors of Minnesota Nurses Association, MNA, calling itself Nurses Forward. The Nurses Forward slate says they hope to bring increase democracy, transparency, and accountability for the rank and file. During the interview, we also discuss some of the reaction of those leaders already in power within the union. Some of these nurses have already faced formal discipline within the union for this campaign. Let's go to the interview. So do we want to just hop in then? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So on Socialist News and Views, we let folks introduce themselves. I think this is the biggest uh, group of folks I've had on to interview all at one time. Do you all just want to say quick uh, who you are? You're all nurses. Sure, I'll start. Um, so I'm Shiori Khanda Muhammad from North Memorial, and I am running for uh, first vice president position for MNA this fall. And I'm a cardiovascular ICU nurse with 16 years of experience. Glad to be here. I can go next. I'm Tammy Anderson. Um, I also work at North Memorial. Um, became really good friends with Shuri um, over the last negotiations. Um, I am a 33-year experienced nurse on med surge, um, joint camp, orthopedics, and now bariatric and spine uh, patients. And um, I'm eager, too, to get the ball rolling here and see some change um, for some union work because I'm ready. So glad to be here. Thanks for having us. I'll go next. Hey, I, this is Jill. I am uh, Jill Brune. I'm a nurse at Fairview Riverside. I've been a pediatric nurse for 25 years, and I am running uh, on the nurses forward slates for the treasurer position. And yeah, I'm super excited to be here and I love seeing your faces. I'll go next. I'm Megan Madison, and I am a med surge nurse at Riverside. Um, uh, nursing is my second career, but I've been in medicine for 23 years, and I um, am one of the current CAT team co-leads with Jill. I'll go. Uh, my name is Melissa Cole, and I work at Children's Hospital in St. Paul. I am running for the second vice president position for the MA board. Um, I have been a nurse at Children's almost 35 years. I was a steward for about 33 of those years. Um, I've been on two negotiating teams, and I've been a um, chair since 2019. I think I'm up. My name is Vanessa Soldo-Jones. I'm an emergency room nurse at Mercy Hospital. I have been with Alina for approximately 27 years. I started in public safety as a paramedic and a firefighter. I still work as a paramedic. I'm a retired firefighter. I've been a nurse about 15 years. I've been an active in both the paramedic unit and the nursing union. 
I was a negotiator on behalf of the Mercy Nurses for the 2019 and 2022 campaigns and have been a steward for many years. I am seeking a seat as a director and am very excited to be a part of this Nurse Forward slate and these amazing women. Like, um, oh, yeah. No, sorry. There's one more. I was like, I, I can't say, okay, there's um, one more. No. <laughs> Uh, my name is Kelly Honest. I am a registered nurse at Abbott Northwestern Hospital in Minneapolis and their medical surgical ICU. Um, I am not running for the board, but am helping support the nurses forward slate as their um, campaign manager and helping run their social media. Um, I have been up until recently a chair at Abbott Northwestern Hospital as a steward there for many years. I worked there 15 total. Um, and uh, Metro and Duluth contract campaign ran um, or uh, helped lead the Metro and Duluth uh, contract action team um, to kind of organize and rally nurses all all around the Metro and Duluth to get the strong contracts we did. So happy to be here. Um, yeah, so I, I have a few questions I'm going to go through, but I mean, this is really y'all's time. So if there's things that you want to talk about that I don't necessarily like get to, um, you know, that's definitely something where folks can jump in and, and share things that you think are important for people to know about what's going on. But so as you guys mentioned, you're involved in a new formation within Minnesota Nurses Union called Nurses Forward. It's running a slate of candidates for the board. Um, and now I looked at the website. I've looked at the website a few times. And now the first sentence of the platform on the website says, quote, we believe in a strong union that is rooted in rank and file members, end quote. Can y'all just talk or someone just talk a little bit about what that means to you and then talk a little bit about how your approach might be different than what you see the union and board currently doing or how you see them currently operating, if anybody wants to jump in on that? I guess um, I can. Uh, one thing that I would like to just see different, I feel you like- you just want to say your name when you start oh, to, just since okay. there won't be- Okay, uh, uh, from Children's. Um, one of the things that I see that's with the current board that I would hope to change with our slate is that um, although board meetings are open, a lot seems to happen behind closed doors. Um, communication about what happens at board meetings, um, the minutes are um, quite sparse. And um, although they're widely distributed, I don't feel like people are really engaged. Um, what I would like to see happen is uh, for the folks on our slate to be able to really engage all nurses from all facilities through, through throughout the state. Um, and one way that I would like to see that happen is to have more of an open forum. Um, for example, following negotiations in, during the Metro negotiating campaign, I think most of the um, negotiating teams held Zoom meetings with their nurses following to do updates on what happened during that negotiation session. I would like um, as a board to do that following board meetings so that we can have one-on-one -on -one conversations um, or one-on hopefully hundreds, thousands um, conversations where the board members can talk about um, what was discussed at the meeting, what decisions was made, and really um, encourage nurses to become invested in the decisions that the that the board is making. Does anyone else want to jump in on that one at all and add anything? 
And say your name before uh, you jump in. Sure, it's Shiori. Um, you know, not necessarily just to um, add to that, but, you know, what I think about, you know, um, rooted in rank and file members, that's just my experience as a negotiation team member from last year. Um, you know, what I learned the most from the experience was that, you know, if we... You know, it really doesn't matter what the leaders want to do. You know, rank and file members are not on board with you. We can't do anything. So if, you know, if we're going to go on the strike, you know, they need to be on board. And leaders need to know what uh, rank and file members are willing to walk out of their job for. And, um, you know, that seems so basic. Yet what I found out that many leaders either think they know better for everybody else or um, just unwilling to spend time listening to the rank and file members. So um, it just kind of seems like back to basic. We, we really need to go back to, you know, union isn't just about what leaders want to do. And this is about what, you know, each members want to do and, and which members are willing to do. And we can be so, as we really not um strength of our power comes from you know the collective power so that's kind of what i think of that you know rooted in rank and file members um and that we recently had a couple examples of you know members bringing up some concerns or you know um any issues to the board which i don't know this will be a good time for you know kelly or megan to share some of the experiences they have seen but that's you know, it seems that with the current board, we bring some issues to them and they were, they will see us as a threat. Um, I actually, you know, with this, the same issues that Kelly brought to the board, um, I talked to a few board members about this in a private conversation and I receive a cease and desist letter. So it's, that's not how it should be. So this is uh, one of the many issues that, we come across that I feel strongly about running for the board because we need to change that culture. If I could just piggyback a little bit to um, what she yeah, said. Yeah, just say your name is, and then go ahead. Yep. This is Jill, um, Jill from Riverside. So like I said, I've been a peds nurse for 25 years and, you know, for a really long time, um, that was sort of normal um, that, people were that nurses at the bedside were, um, you know, doing these jobs for that long. And it's not like that anymore, you know? Um, and, and we, so we can't the, you know, engaging our rank, rank and file really has to be, um, not so focused anymore on like, who are the leaders or who has the most experience or, who's been around the longest, because that's not the majority of us anymore. You know, the majority of us are new nurses. And, um, you know, it's not good for our patients and our profession to have so much turnover. And in order to like, really strengthen our collective strengthen, uh, you know, give nurses power and reason to stay at the bedside, you know, we have to engage all the all, all the nurses that haven't been in the profession for so long. So we have to engage, like we have to grow our young nurses and our inexperienced nurses and figure out ways to engage them and lead with them and not be leaders of them, you know? Right. 
This is Megan. Um, just to kind of piggyback on that, I think that one thing that we really saw, at least at Riverside, was when we were going through and doing our strike assessments and talking to people, um, a lot of our younger nurses don't even really understand how a union it like is supposed to work or really what it is and how are we expecting anybody to be engaged if they don't really understand it so i think there has to be a, a bit of you know re-education or reinvestment so these these new, new nurses um see why like what our power is as a union and that's really something we want to try to do and be more transparent and and more visible to our our um, rank and file. This is Vanessa from Mercy Hospital. And to add to that as well, in 2019 contract cycle, we started a campaign called I Am The Union. And we created an image that we passed around in stickers and walked on the um, through the campuses to share with nurses I am the union, meaning every single nurse is the union. It is not a governing body that is the union. It is not the negotiating team that is the union. It's every single nurse. And it's really important as a board member or as a board director to remember that the voice that is heard from the table is a collective voice of a thousand nurses, of thousands of nurses, and that can't be lost. So as a negotiator, I would say the words, and they may not have been my words, they may not have been something that I agreed with, but that wasn't my role. My role as a negotiator was to speak forward the collective voice of the nurses at that time of Mercy Hospital. And as a board member, it is our duty to speak the words of every single nurse because they are the union and that, that can't be lost. That needs to be protected. Absolutely. Y'all just outlined some ideas and some parts of the platform and again, why it's so important to include everybody because the union needs to operate as one uh, entity and people need to support that. And uh, that's where the strength um, comes from. But, you know, when you're talking about the back um, kind of back channel communications and how not everything is shared clearly, that's something that's, you know, been going on for a while. You know, I was involved in MA too. I, like I'm aware of uh, some of that stuff. So I guess the other question is, you know, why are you guys launching this slate now? Like, was there a specific, like to each of you, was there like a specific event or, or trigger or, or a set of events that made you say like, I want to like run now, I have to do this now. Um, you know, does anybody want to share? Was there was there kind of a a moment where you decided, okay, this is something I have to do now? Um, I can take that one if it's all right, just to kind of start. Uh, this is Kelly from Abbott Northwestern. Um, so my original plan was to run uh for an executive role on the board. And my core motivation was to take the strength and the organizing structure that um, thousands of rank and file nurses across the union had spent building over all of 2022 and part of 2021 as well, like to, that made our contract campaign last year so successful. And really expanding that organizing structure to every single 
uh, bargaining unit in our union, uh, like, I mean, over 100 of them at this point, right, whether they have 12 members or 2200 members, and making sure that there are every single bargaining unit has that core structure of active stewards who are paying attention, who are communicating to um, rank and file members from rank and file members up to union leadership, be that the chairs at each hospital, the board members who need to hear and represent the will of the members. And that became more and more important and my core motivation because I've seen how top down our union has operated from a board down to chairs of bargaining unit members, chairs down to the rank and file nurses and how unengaging that is for nurses, for members to be told what matters to them instead of being able to tell and show and show up for what matters to them. Um, I've seen it happen in my own bargaining unit where this very like top down approach of let me tell you what to care about um, instead of finding out what motivates each and every single core or each and every single member in a bargaining unit. And um, so that was always my core motivation. Unfortunately, I won't be um, on the slate, but I still get to support this awesome slate and help get everybody across the finish line because it's absolutely what we need to see happening at every bargaining unit. Does anybody else want to add anything to that or is that? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, it's Shiori. Um, so, yeah, I think originally the slate, you know, started from, you know, um, Kali and I have been talking since about January this year about, you know, how, you know, we want to continue with this, you know, also momentum that we built last year, how, um, at, well, at North Memorial, especially, you know, we had a huge, um, I think we we had a we had a really good thing going on at North where you know the uh, contract action teams were very active. We feel like we were able to engage with a lot of nurses um, to be on the same you know same page with the, what we're gonna do with the campaign. And we really felt like we were able to represent um, each nurses at um, at North, and so. Uh, but, you know, also at the same time during the campaign, you know, I also saw how difficult it is to work together in solidarity with 13 different bargaining units. Um, so, you know, with the experience that I really wanted to be part of this amazing transformation at MNA um, to, you know, continue to build on um, this organizing model that we worked on last year um, to be able to, you know, make us stronger. Um, and so that was the initial motivation, but then, you know, this, you know, whole thing with the Kelly happened with the board, um, unfortunately disciplining her for raising concerns and that definitely pushed me further. You know, I was initially going to run for the vice president, second vice president, but, you know, because the Kelly can't run at this point, so I'm going to be running for the first vice president, but seeing the what happened to her, it just made me, you know, think that 
you know, we need, we need to change this culture. Like I said, you know, we need to, we need a complete overhaul of what's going on right now. And that, um, what motivating me right now and uh, I have been talking to these amazing nurses from across the union who um, feel you know the same way about you know what's important for this union so um, you know I think after with the Colin and I talking through this whole process and we started to add more people onto the slate and you know I'm glad that we had built this amazing team together to run for the board. I'd like to add to that, of course. Um, this is Tammy from North. Um, I wasn't really an active union person, um, per se, for most of my nursing career. And this last negotiations, I really found it very interesting and intriguing and kind of worrisome about how things actually unfolded. Um, we at North, like Sherry said, put an amazing CAT team structure together and um, felt like we did a lot of work. There was, you know, a handful of us that were doing a lot of work. And part of our goal out of that CAT structure is to become more involved before the next contract negotiation. So us getting into the positions, hopefully, um, would allow for us to have that one edge up on the employers um, moving forward for 2025. Does, does somebody just want to, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, we, we can keep going on this talk, just say what a CAT team is? Uh, this is Megan. I can kind of explain it. Yeah. Um, before we all had text messages, does everybody remember what a phone tree used to be? So one person got got some news or got some like, oh, school's gonna be canceled. So that person calls five people and then those people each call their five people. Well, a cat team kind of works the same way. So say the negotiating team has um, their three negotiators and they are gonna talk to their same, like say I'm going to talk to the adult side. So I talked to my five um, cat leaders of those five adult units, and then they're going to talk to each five people. And then those people will talk to five people. So it's a way to disseminate information both ways from the rank and file and from the board members or the negotiation team back to the rank and file, kind of like a phone tree. And that stands for contract action team, CAT. Or communication, depending on who you are. Communication you've action team. That's true. Yeah. I uh, And I have used a phone tree since uh, we had text message. And I still very much support phone trees. I've had a lot of luck with mobilizing people by phone trees, especially since you can have those. Even if you call five people and you only have one or two individual conversations, it still seems like it's way more likely to mobilize somebody to something than a mass text message that's like completely impersonal and you know so I, I still I still support phone trees even in the age of text anyway if, do other people want to talk about their uh, getting involved hey this is this is Jill I all I wanted to say was it is it does work better because you're building relationships with people and that is what we that is part of the reform that we want to see with nurses forward and and us um 
being part of MA's board, you know, we board of directors, we we want to see relationships being built amongst nurses and nurses talking to each other and finding those common goals, like somebody before me mentioned, like what are important to the nurses not being told what's important and, you know, fighting together that way against, you know, corporate healthcare and not just, you know, um, trying to pretend like we're going to do that via like text message and email. Cause we know that's not going to happen. I'd like to add to Nick, um, yeah. this is Tammy from North. Um, just to clarify that, that, um, CAD teams did a lot of work at North with one-on-one -on -one conversations. We would do rounding. We would talk one-on-one. -on -one. It wasn't just necessarily a mass text that went out. Um, even like for updates that we were using during the negotiations, it was a lot of one-to-one -one conversations and getting to know who our nurses are and what they believe in and how far they're willing to go. So I think we have a good base using that CAT structure. We have a good base of knowledge of where our nurses stand um, and what they want, what they desire out of their union. And this is Jilligan. Interestingly enough, um, that that strength was built um, with, you know, a handful of leaders. And I would say the strongest of those uh, was Kelly. Um, you know, she really um, built the Metro Cat team um, during bargaining last year and taught so many of us so many amazing skills around the organizing model and, and how to build those relationships and was truly like, truly changed things for so many of us and, and probably, you know, in the end changed things for our wins. Uh, this is Melissa. Um, you know, a structure like that is really what's missing on the current board. And, um, you know, uh, having members feel connected enough to be able to share what it is that they need and want um, from the union. This is Megan. Um, I guess I'll kind of talk a little bit about um, some of the struggles that we faced a little bit more. Um, there was a few of us who raised some concerns and um, we were met by our union with cease and desist letters. Um, and that whole process, that whole issue, Kelly was on trial. Um, it brought to light some pretty major systemic issues that we saw within our union, um, lack of checks and balances. And I personally kind of felt like Kelly was being treated how our employers treat us. And that's exactly what we join a union for is to be able to advocate for ourselves. And as nurses, who better to know advocating? If our rank and file don't have any power, there's no real union. So we don't want voices silenced. We don't want concerns ignored. Um, some very basic principles of democracy were ignored and bypassed. And that was very concerning to me personally. This is Vanessa. I'd like to add to that. You're absolutely right, especially on the heels of COVID, where decision makers stayed home and handed out impactful decisions that affected care on the ground. And it was at nauseum to the things that we had to tolerate. And now we're moving past COVID and it appears 
that we're entering a situation where each individual nurse has potentially lost his or her own voice or the ability to ask questions. And this will not be sustainable. We need a union that maintains strength through all storms. We need a union who can argue and have difficult conversations without threats. We need a union who will always protect its nurses first and foremost, so we can continue to do the job of caring for the sick and injured in a landscape that has become so corporatized that we are losing the battle in putting patients first. And as we move forward in this really tumultuous situation, we'll lose nurses. And that can't be. So that is why I joined on. So I can not stand on the sidelines, but say, oh, fine, I'll join the fight because it is important. It is important to our practice. It is important to our patients. And it's important for the nurses to walk on solid ground that we are here to pave for them. It's been hinted at a few times, but I wanted to just kind of uh, ask a little bit more about uh, what actually happened. I know there was a cease and desist uh, letter uh, mentioned. I know there was um, uh, Kelly getting disciplined mentioned, but does somebody want to uh, just talk a little bit more about uh, their willing, what exactly uh, transpired in the recent uh, history uh, since this campaign was launched? Um, yeah, this is Kelly from Abbott. I can take that. Um, so I, um, as a M&A member, um, like any other nurse on this call is or has been, um, raised some concerns I had to um, the board of directors, the um, first, the well, only actually just the five executive board members um, via email. Um, the nature of the concerns isn't as pertinent um, because at its most essential, um, any sort of organization that tells itself as democratic should allow for um, truth to be spoken to power, for there to be healthy discord and conversations. And so... Um, what like I will say often that the nature of my concerns wasn't as isn't as important as the principle that I as I that I was disciplined for raising them. Um, I raised them privately. I didn't um, launch any. I didn't raise them publicly. There was no public campaign that was launched. Um, most people still don't know about the concerns that I raised because I didn't launch them publicly. Um, as was alleged in the um, charges filed against me. So at that time, I was planning on running for the first vice president um, position and was in active talks with um, Shiori and a couple other people who are now either have decided not to run or are running um, independently or on different slates for the MA board. And we were starting to put a group of people together when I raised these concerns and someone uh, else who is currently on the board, um, one of my co-chairs at Abbott caught wind that I was going to be running for the first vice president um, that this person had also planned on running for. 
Um, and I think it sized up very accurate, fairly accurately that they weren't going to be able to beat me, um, that I had more name recognition um, amongst rank and file voters um, or rank and file nurses and members because I had done the work on the ground and had um, helped um, organize in my own bargaining unit and had been part of organizing as a Metro and Duluth campaign. So instead, um, this individual and a few other members of the board uh, filed charges against me and started raise, um, started sort of actively campaigning the rest of the board members to get on board with these charges. Um, and they ultimately decided in a, after a trial hearing um, to suspend my membership for six months, making me a member not in good standing and ineligible to run for the board at all. Um, which is why I am still very honored to be um, accepted and part of this awesome slate of nurses. And I'm so devoted to getting um, getting each and every one of them across the finish line because it is essential that this doesn't happen again, that this doesn't keep happening. It's not about what happened to me. It's about rank and file members being able to bring their concerns to the elected leadership who can do something about it without being met with ramifications like this. And the um, backdoor meetings and sort of side deals and conversations is not what a healthy democratic institution, like small d democratic institution does. And um, ultimately, that's what what we're hoping to see um, with this slate is some real change in how concerns can be brought forward and addressed in a way that is open and difficult, um, but fair and doesn't doesn't sow distrust amongst the rank and file members because we were ultimately responsible to them and and no one else um i'm not sure megan was kind of part of the original because she had shared the same concerns that i had and also was part of that as well and um had a front row seat at my uh hearing i did i was actually the i believe i was one of the first to receive a cease and desist letter from the board um and in it i was absolutely shocked because this letter um was accusing me of things i never said um making claims that i felt were very baseless and when we went through that trial process i really didn't feel like we had a whole lot of chance in the first place i think that the i felt like their minds were made up and um the end result was going to be the end result. And I wish I could say that things have improved since then, but I, I, I can't as evidenced by um, our last board meeting where we um, were discussing whether or not one of the votes from a Fairview facility should be dropped or not in negotiations. And um, that was held by Zoom. And when the, the folks that were at the meeting left the board um while we were on zoom said that they felt that um somebody had wronged them by letting the rank and file members know that 
this was going to be discussed and um, said that they felt threatened by the members um, objecting and voicing their objections to the elimination of one of Fairview's votes. And this was all during a public recorded Zoom meeting. Um, so that was uh, really concerning because first of all, meetings shouldn't be held secretly. I mean, our business is our business and who are we fighting against? We're supposed to be fighting against our employers, not our rank and file members. And communication is good. We like that. And and other viewpoints are good. Democracy runs on different ideas. And so it's really unfortunate that we're still in that place six months later. This is Nick again. I was just going to say that, you know, the you guys mentioned people, nurses leaving the bedside. You know, for anybody that doesn't know, I'm one of those nurses that left the bedside at the hospital um, because unfortunately, you know, at my experience level, I didn't feel that I could safely care for patients uh, in the area where I was, especially with new patients coming in and not again, not really getting the responses from any of the entities that I reached out to, to get uh, responses on some of these concerns. And so I left the uh, bedside. I'm currently um, contracted with a, a group home, but I'm already starting to raise concerns with this stuff. So, you know, I'm probably, who know who knows where I'll be, uh, where I'll be going next. Cause again, they don't like it where you, when you raise concerns with the employer, wherever you are. So that's a, a normal thing. I, you know, I, I had one other question that I had put, um, put out there, but I just wanted to touch on one other thing related to that piece, which was the, um, the staffing piece, um, which obviously is a big part of the whole equation. We talked about nurses leaving, um, you know, there was a push around staffing with the, um, you know, in this last contract fight, then we also obviously had the, um, time at the Capitol for a while with, uh, governor Waltz, um, you know, getting on board with Mayo right away and undercutting that whole process. Does anybody have, uh, does anybody want to talk at all about, um, you know, where things are at with staffing at this point? I haven't been in the hospital for a while or what y'all are thinking about that piece. And then I'll kind of go into the other question I had after that. Is there any, uh, Thoughts on sure, staffing? Share. It's Shiori. Um, so I'm a co-chair at North Memorial. So we actually, we, um, right now we're going through a staffing effectiveness review process. Um, you know, it's uh, what is so frustrating is that we did gain some, you know, new languages in a staffing in the last contract. Yet, you know, it just seems like none of that really matters. You know, I think it's just uh, the process is still the same. I mean, we could definitely push and we'll continue to push for what we need. And we're not going to back down just because they say no. Um, so this is going to be, a, it's not a done deal. We're going to be continuing to fight for this. But I mean, staffing is going to be a problem. And the patients are getting sicker. Uh, we are getting more work um, with less time, less staff and less resources. So that's, that's, you know, that's, that continues. So, yeah. So I think, you know, staffing's definitely something that we need to continue to work on. 
So, you know, going forward, you know, with the next contract campaign, we really need to work on some putting something that is enforceable, uh, not just some fluffs that we can add to the contract, but something we can enforce at that, you know, um, each bargaining unit to be able to mean, make some meaningful changes in staffing. And another thing I was just thinking is that with this, yeah, the capital, um, one thing I will say it is, I was very, um, I don't know what's the word to say. Like I, I was very concerned just the, um, so I, I was at the Capitol a few times, you know, I, it's not like I had a whole lot of time, but I, I went there every time I could. And every time I go there, there are a whole bunch of staffs from MA at the Capitol. And there's no, uh, there are a few nurses, but they're all same nurses that are there. And that um, another thing I, you know, was told that, you know, staffs were told to go drop everything and go to Capitol, be there, you know, the last couple of weeks of that, you know, campaign there. But there was no, like an effort being done at that H bargain unit to turn up nurses to be there. The only thing is I got text message to be there, but that was just the only thing. I have no, you know, not a whole lot of direction coming from the MNA um, leadership, how we're gonna make it happen. We had a huge opportunity to get this bill passed, you know, where we have, you know, a lot of support there, but, uh, I just think that we just could not organize to be able to, you know, apply more pressure to that um, uh, at the Capitol. Um, so, so that was concerning because I mean, we could definitely use that cash structure we had from last year, continue work on, you know, using that structure to, um, you know, have nurses to come out to the Capitol. And that didn't happen. And so anyway, so I I think we really lost the great opportunity that we had this spring at the Capitol. And yeah, so we, something's got to change because, you know, I think, yeah, this is many reasons that I'm doing this, but um, I think we need to really make a meaningful push towards organizing model to, you know, have a nurses, you know, be involved in this process so we can make some changes. I think, um, I would just like to add on that, that um, that the results at the Capitol, I think, was due to a huge systemic problem that we have within MNA, in that we do not have our rank and file nurses with a clear understanding of what is going on at the Capitol and how it affects them in their day-to-day work. And um, without that, and without a big push and having those one-on-one conversations or having uh, Zoom meetings with different bargaining units to let people know what exactly their fi- the fight is and how that affects them personally. We did not get the turnout that, um, that was needed to push these things forward. Um, at Children's, we are fortunate enough that um, we got some contract language that was very similar to um, what was in the bill as far as the staffing evaluation teams and we're going through that process currently and um, it took 
a lot of work and a lot of effort to get our nurses to really understand what this process is is meant to be and what their role is in it and what information and data we need from them in order to make it work in their favor and to their benefit. Um, we're just finishing up the um, the evaluation process now with a very complex, cumbersome, but worthwhile evaluation tool. And um, I'm hoping too that that with if we have positive results with that, that we'll be able to share that with the rest of the members and get that back into a bill for the next session. Thanks, Melissa. Yeah, I just wanted to say I was up at the Capitol a number of times too, and it was definitely very staff heavy. And uh, yeah, not a lot of uh, nurses, not a lot of members up there most of the time that I was uh, was up there. Um, I was going to go into another um, another part of the platform that I had specifically noticed was the uh, where it says, quote, building solidarity on our diverse union, end quote, and quote, support the labor movement by building relationships with unions outside of healthcare. Uh, and, you know, to me, those both seem like crucial, crucial elements of the drive uh, to push forward with an overall mission of solidarity. And when I was in, uh, was a member of MA, I also pushed to build stronger relationships with the community at large, especially when we were trying to fight against the hospital closures. Um, and, you know, that was a huge uh piece for me building, even, you know, with people outside of organized labor, why are all these types of solidarity? Why are they so important? Um, you know, and, and what are we going to do? What are the kinds of things that you think, uh, that nurses can do to build this kind of solidarity? This is Megan. I'd like to speak to that a little bit. I think that we as a society and healthcare professionals have changed a ton in the last 23, 20 to 30 years. Um, even if it's just in the past few years, we've changed a ton. The nurse's role has changed a ton. We as people are different. Um, we need our nurses to know that they have a voice and not just a select few people. They, we have to under, we have to take back our power as individuals and teach everybody that you do have a say and nothing is going to change if you don't do something about it. So we need to look to other industries and look at the strategies they implement in healthcare. We can learn from a lot of them. If you look at like the airline industry, lots of redundancy, innovation, it's one of the safest industries out there. We have a lot to learn from other unions and the best way we can do that is to actually have face-to-face -face conversations, not only with our members, with other people in the community. It's, we're at a very unique time where we can collect ideas from everyone and make things better. And I love a process improvement. So that really speaks to my heart. And I know that there's a better way to do things and we just have to figure out why and how. Yeah, this is Kelly. I think what Megan like says really well, and just to kind of add on is that we can look at teachers unions and the St. Paul Fire Department and their union and contract struggles with the city right now, um, that it doesn't matter who the boss is, it doesn't matter what the work is, that ultimately our struggle is still the same. It is always a higher, like a power higher than us trying to make money off of 
the skilled work that we do um, and holding our employers accountable um, no matter no matter what the work is and um, making sure that the not only are they providing livable wages and benefits, but also safe working environments, um, dignity in that work and a work-life balance that is so desirable, I think, especially um, as we've all had time to sit at home or in a hospital and reflect the last few years on, on sort of what's important in life. And as the motivations of the up and coming um, generations look a little bit different, um, unions are going to ultimately be what, what shapes how um, workplaces and benefits look like. And like I said, I don't think the work is different, but the boss is always the same. And it ultimately comes down to how can we best strategize with other unions to, to put pressure on employers to take care of their employees and their patients, students, the community, whomever it is the work is being done for. We can, this is Jill, you know, raising the standards together, right? You know, really working to do that together. This is Nick again. I think, you know, I mean, it, it's, it kind of starts at a certain point and it works its way out, right? You know, like the nurses depend on other like support professionals and they depend on, you know, the uh, paramedics and EMS and yeah, sometimes firefighters and other people. And then it kind of goes out from there that we're all, you know, that dependent on these other people in the community to, you know, for the society and for our community to function. And it's like, you know, when I was trying to build solidarity with community members, I went, I remember I was at a, uh, rally event and I talked to somebody and they were like having supposed to have heart surgery at one of the hospitals like the next week and it's like you know all this stuff is so interconnected like once you start talking that's the thing that like you said communication they don't want you to talk that's the thing they're always trying to shut down communication the employer especially like once you start talking to people you realize how interconnected all this stuff is and you realize again like you said yeah that we're all uh, trying to raise the standards together and of course you know I always say everybody's going to be a patient at some point. Like we've seen that more than ever through the heights of this pandemic that, you know, that everybody's going to be in the position of a patient. I mean, I've taken care of, you know, unhoused folks all the way up to lobbyists and politicians and all sorts of stuff. Everybody's going to be a patient at some point. So, you know, like, you know, everybody should have a very vested interest in having functional, safe, affordable, I'd say hospitals and, you know, healthcare and stuff like that. So is there anyone else that wants to share anything? I, I don't have any other like, you know, specific questions. I really appreciate everybody uh, speaking with me. I think this is super, uh, super important because again, we need to, uh, we need to do all this work. I think the one thing I would just add based on, you know, what we had just talked about is, you know, with um, collaborating with other unions is not to forget about those that are just trying to start out and just uh, beginning right. organ. I think of the Starbucks workers. Um, I, at when I went to labor notes, I went to a session that was held by um, some of the Starbucks workers, many of them, you know, in their early twenties and the, um, the passion and the fearlessness that they had to stand up to their employers um, was remarkable. And I think as, you know, as 
uh, we collaborate and work together with other unions and join forces, we can, um, you know, raise anyone up, whether it be your Starbucks workers or firefighters, nurses, any, any profession, regardless of what is considered skilled or unskilled. Um, everyone deserves to have a contract and uh, working conditions that, um, you know, you can support your family and have time off and all of those sorts of things. Melissa, I really appreciate, I really appreciate you saying that. That's a, I, I didn't think that's super. I forgot to add that. So, so, so important. And not to mention lots of nurses out there. I know I've encountered a few that I've tried to work with that want to get organized that aren't organized even. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I know somebody else was speaking. Go ahead. Oh, it's Shiori. I just also wanted to add that this fight is global as well. You know, this, that um, I have recently had opportunity to talk to um, uh, some workers from Korea, and I'm actually meeting with some uh, medical workers union from Japan next week um, while I'm here in Japan. So as the, you know, struggle is global. And, you know, I think as somebody who's involved in that labor movement, um, the goal should be to elevate everybody. So, um, yeah, so this is a really good topic to talk about. Thanks for bringing it up. Gammy, um, I also agree with everything that's been said here tonight, of course. Um, but one thing I want to say is us building our slate as nurses forward, we all believe in same things we have similar beliefs morals um we have the same issues that we're dealing with at all different hospitals sherry's gonna you know do some work while she's on vacation but i just want to say that with the solidarity piece no union can rise and raise the standards alone and us running as a complete slate and um not one of us can have the ability to change the issues that we're having. Um, so I would just like to push that um, a group of people, solidarity, strength in numbers is gonna get us to change we need. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I think this this interview has shown, you know, how important it is to have all these different perspectives coming in because each of us are, you know, adding these other layers that we're kind of, you know, we get focused on one thing and we talk about that, but then you're like, but yeah, we also need to be working with these new people that are really have a lot of energy and they're really, you know, passionate. And also we need to be making this an international thing because again, you know, like, um, you know, the, the, the international workers are used against other workers all over the place all the time, right. To, you know, wherever the employer can go to find a way to lower standards for everyone. That's what they do. Um, so, yeah, so it's really important to, you know, show this solidarity. Well, is there anything else anyone wants to say? Otherwise, I really appreciate everybody uh, participating in the interview today. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Nick. Thanks, Joel. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Have a good night, y'all. Thanks, thanks, Nick. Nick. Bye. Good night. Bye. And that's our special thanks for listening. Solidarity. This has been a Socialist News and Views special interview.